0: This is Game Theory, a podcast about competition, strategy, and decision-making, hosted by me, Nick Andrews, and my brother, Chris. In this episode, Bad Surgeon. About 14 years ago, an up-and-coming thoracic surgeon from Sweden started implanting artificial windpipes into patients. It was revolutionary technology, using stem cells, The stem cells would be a game changer for people with trachea injuries and diseases. Only, it wasn't. Paolo Macchiarini never coated the plastic organs with any sort of biological material. He lied. He never tested it on animals, only on people. His recklessness led to the death of about a half a dozen patients over five years. He managed to bamboozle one of the most prestigious hospitals and research institutes in the world. And that's not all. He did it while living a double life engaged to an American journalist while in a serious relationship with the mother of a former patient in Italy. This is Fraudster Files 5, The Bad Surgeon. Welcome to episode 102 of Game Theory, podcast, competition strategy, decision-making. A day late and a dollar short, Chris, uh, at least a dollar. I'm looking like a disheveled, fired community college professor, and you're looking like the guy that can both uh, rotate my tires and also teach a class, I'm guessing, on some sort of thermodynamic bullshit that's required for me to graduate.
1: I talk about it to my bowling league buddies all the time. Oh, yeah, that's exactly Yeah, you, uh, uh, you you might have heard snippets of it uh, when you were at the coffee shop getting a latte. We had to stop in. And I made it myself. Delivery. You can
0: watch on YouTube.com slash whatever. Did you really? Is. Did you have a latte there? I was making fun of your appearance. But this is a cappuccino. You. <laughs> I'm drinking one right now. Sometimes, Sometimes I made Sometimes you
1: just land
0: one. It is an upper. It is an upper for my game that I'm going to be. I'm making my valiant return to the ice tonight after a couple weeks are you, away. Are, are, are you an athlete? Oh, this is your first game back tonight. Yeah, that's right. The club, uh, the club has been playing, playing through it. I am. Uh, I was the leading goal scorer. I don't think I am the leading goal scorer anymore, which is why well, it, it speaks a lot about our club.
1: It's exactly I, how yeah, you think it, it is. It does. Yeah, you have uh, you have some pretty good goal scorer. On average, you you score probably about a goal every what fifteen months over the course of your life. <sighs> my life,
0: probably yeah. a goal yeah over my life. That sounds right. About one a year. That sounds
1: right. Well, I'm glad they're going to be getting their offensive firepower tonight now that you've had your performance-enhancing drug.
0: Yeah, and now the snow is melting here in Tennessee, and uh, the people have, re- they have come up from the ground, and they are no longer scared of water. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be great, Chris.
1: Not unlike the cicadas that yes. allegedly are going to hatch for the first time since 1803 or whatever. Things we
0: were early on, other things we were early on. Have you seen this thing about just recently someone was arrested for stealing dozens, nay scores of Stanley Cups.
1: Stealing Stanley Cups. Yes, they arrested wow. someone who had Do they had... work for the Tampa Bay Lightning?
0: <laughs> Here it is from the Daily Loud. A 23-year-old woman was arrested by police after she allegedly stole stole 65 Stanley Cup's worth about $2,500 from a California retail store. So you know how when cops make an arrest, they put all, or a, like a, a drug bust, they put all the dope out, like, look at it. Here's the picture oh, yeah. you can watch on YouTube. Here's my, my Twitter account. Oh, come on, camera, zoom in.
1: Focus up, camera. We're, we're hand-showing our, our Twitter folks. accounts. There it is. Look at them all. Look at them all. That's impressive. That's a lot of cops. That's just a lot of... Well, okay, but the none embarrassing of are, thing is like, how not long the did it take them to, re- to arrange those on top of, the, like, they're on, like, the hood of the police car and, like, the, the bull bar.
0: Also, let's talk about efficiency. Um, do you know why when you go to drugstores, CVS, Walgreens, Byron, right, et cetera, things like razors and deodorant are locked up? People originally thought that that was because they didn't like homeless people, and that's how you used to bathe. Like, it's a really dark thing. There are many ways that homeless people are screwed, like trash cans, like they... The homeless people just want to get in there and eat the food that you're throwing away. Be like, no, let's make the one with the door that we can't get in there. The reason the things are locked up in CVS is because it is the most amount of money for the least amount of weight. Like makeup is the real one that you can because you can resell it on Amazon. That's why things in San Francisco and Portland are being looted because you can resell them. Stanley Cups, 65 Stanley Cups for $2,500 and lugging them around uh, not a great thing to steal uh as we, we get into fraudster files here with our boy paolo macchiarini dr paolo macchiarini um if you're gonna commit fraud stanley cup fraud does not seem like the vibe
1: no it's a it's a terrible decision it, it's it's got to be like like the michigan 10 cent bottle scam exactly it's not an episode of seinfeld there. yep shout out to shout out to dad mm. We're referencing the a classic episode of Seinfeld. And they have like a whole van just full of bottles, Driving trying Manhattan. to haul from New York City to Michigan so they can get double their returns. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, trafficking Stanley Cups, not not exactly wise. No. And by the way, I do want to address one thing you said. You said mm. homeless people are screwed in a lot of ways. Yeah. One of which being the trash cans. Mm-hmm. I would say not having a home is probably. I said a lot of ways. Yeah. Some of the meanest yeah. things that we do
0: to homeless people is Just literally the examples. hide the trash in plain sight from them.
1: But that's that's about that's about animal.
0: That's like pest control. In Wyoming, where we're from. <laughs> not in not in DC and New York. That is about pest well, control, depending on which politician you ask. Yes, that's what yes.
1: Oh God. Woohoo! Yeah. We're off to the here. I meant the actual physiological animal, the rats, but you can quickly get into some nasty territory. There was a sheriff.
0: On- Somewhere in the West where there are mountains. And he said one of the meanest, funniest things I've ever heard. He said that the overlap between the intelligence of the bear and the difficulty of the task is an advantage from the bear. Because, like, you know how you have to open those things? He said it it was some brilliant quote. I want you to Google it. Well, as we get started here, because it was one of the funniest, meanest things I've ever heard. It was an official press conference about why it's so important to lock up your trash on these vacations. And the sheriff, he just roasted our our race, our species.
1: Here we go. Uh, No, he said, so this is a quotation from, so I'm reading from the Holland Sentinel. When a Yosemite park ranger was recently asked why it was so tough to design a bear-proof garbage bin, (laughs) he responded, there is considerable overlap between the intelligence of the smartest bears and the dumbest tourists. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh,
0: <laughs> I think that speaks for itself. It, it does. It does speak for itself. We've got some other stuff to follow up on. Um, the wife sent me this. We'll, we'll talk about the wife in this episode. She is an expert uh, in the subject matter. Actually, as it transpires, she does not want to be on the episode, though, which fair enough. Um, I wow. Would you want to be on our episode with us?
1: No, she already made that mistake once. Yeah,
0: she, that's like a one-time thing, I think.
1: And it was a great episode. You should check it out. It's about yeah. Medical Match Day. Really highly recommend that one, especially as we get into match season later on in the spring.
0: So Jerry News, I got this from Jerry News, So and it's, it has since been deleted, but apparently there is a pastor who uh, got caught in one of these ETF, or not ETF, um, Bitcoin exchange things. And he said- that God told him, not an NFT, I think Bitcoin. That God told oh, him no. to invest in this, and then he, he rebutted with, um, "I misheard God."
1: That is the exact plot of a book by Christopher Buckley called "God Is My Broker." You know, I bought that book on your on your
0: uh, recommendation. Have not started it.
1: It's so good. Right, it's I'll so go funny. It it's about a, it's about a guy who enters the monastery from a life of finance, and he finds these like clues everywhere that like God is telling him how to invest the monastery's money so that they can stay solvent and it's like it's like he opens the bible and it's the parable of or no it's it's the story of jesus driving the unclean spirits out of the out of the guy and into Mm -hmm. the pigs and the pigs will fall off the cliff and he's like well pork is gonna fall off a cliff that means we should just sell all of our pork and then buy it really cheap and like play the market that way based on this like revelation so so Mm -hmm. this guy was saying god is actually my he's my nft bitcoin broker God is my crypto broker.
0: Yeah, he's my he's my Reddit bro. Um, wow. Well, stonks. speaking of
1: criminals, <laughs> speaking of criminals on the edge of more financial, news. Yes, even more news to follow oh, up on. So, all right, as we get into the fraudster files here, yeah, I want to revisit. I think it, I think it was our first fraudster files yes, we talked about. The original Firefest, Billy McFarland, Bill. and Firefest, the original Firefest. Two days ago, he tweeted from his handle at. P Y R T Billy. He says, if you have to ask who the lineup is before dropping a million, don't watch this video for everyone else. The final 100 fire festival two pre-sale tickets are live. This man is straight up repeating his grift. Do not buy these tickets. Everyone don't take financial advice from us. We would never give anyone financial advice ever under any circumstances. This is not considered financial advice. Absolutely not. Do not buy those tickets. Good. Lord. So, as we've been doing more fraudsters, I
0: think that we were a little hard on Old Bill. I think I'm starting to realize that he's just an idiot. He's a genius idiot. Like he's got really great ideas and almost follows through on them. And it gets close. He's pretty close when you well, consider like well, I, well, I wouldn't get that close.
1: No, no. I, if <laughs> if I were indicted and jailed for fraud, yeah, I would cease all fraud activities, hundred uh, percent related to any kind of fraud. Ever. And I wouldn't even consider doing the exact same fraud for which I was indicted before. He's doing that. Yeah. He's following through in a big way. He's following through so hard that he's actually wrapped all the way around and now he's doubling down from a his follow through. A hero. Yeah. We can we all learn something from him. So that there been... is to don't be a jerk, but we can all learn something from him.
0: The wife has just walked in. We're doing an episode about esophageal stuff. Do you want to comment? This, the, the guy putting PVC pipe in people's chest? Yeah, that's it's PVC pipe. Do you want to talk about why it's stupid? You, this is your chance right now. Was it ever a good idea? Just, just come on and tell, tell the people why it was a good idea or a bad idea. This will not be edited. Any thoughts?
2: I mean, you're trying to put a piece of plastic that is decellularized and has no, any, like, no way of being epithelialized into an area that needs to be epithelialized. Plus, he devascularized the area. Of course, it was going to reject
1: that was a lot of. Now is there any way? Is there any way to recellulize and revascularize the area? Could is we do that with some kind of? Yeah, could could that be I done? Mean, Can you graft the cellulize?
2: But you have to have an area like a like we do that a little bit with different types of tissues, but there it's like coated with something to create an area, or it's porous that allows the tissue to kind of grow through it.
1: So. You, you you're talking about porous tissue that's coated Not it sounds tissue, like you need to get it
2: would be a porous like a porous graft a graft
0: is of your own like your own tissue from your somewhere else in your body no,
2: or like an endovascular stent right that has holes within the mesh that allows you to so, uh have the tissue kind of grow through the mesh
1: i i i see i see now if if i was getting a graft of some kind. I wouldn't want to go for the poorest graft. I wouldn't want to go for the richest graft. Sure. Is there a way to do that? Uh-huh. Okay. I, I thought, I think we're onto something here. We can get the richest scaffold, not the poorest scaffold.
2: Definitely. <gasps> Definitely.
0: That's, that's, so that's important to know because as we get into this, we're going to, we'll edit this around also, a little bit. Also,
2: also, it's trachea, not esophagus.
1: It's chest stuff. It's PVC pipe. No. Kim, can you actually demonstrate on Nick like a how-to for both a trachea and an esophagus thing? Do you have your A layman's like term for
0: trachea, Chris, is windpipe.
1: Windpipe? Yeah. Am I wrong? I thought that was that was yeah. actually Nick's nickname in high school.
0: A windpipe. Nice. Excellent joke. Thank you. Wait, nope. There it is. <laughs> there we are.
1: Man, really gonna have to have a heavy hand on the edits on this one, huh?
0: <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna have to use uh, we'll have to use this button right here.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> we'll finally get to break that out in an episode. Normally, we just do explicit, but your yeah. wife—we're going we're to also, also blur lovely, her mouth out. Successful wife, on the internet. Yeah, you just add, you just added work,
0: but that's okay. We appreciate you coming in. We're gonna we're we're gonna talk about that. So what she just said, all the medicine she just said. This, this is what happened. He said that he was doing stuff like that with stem cells. And this was in 2011. This guy, Dr. Paolo Macchiarini, who is our, our, our topic today. He said that he was putting stem cells on what was essentially plastic garbage and putting it into people and saying, you know, that plastic garbage, all the problems that Dr. Kim just said were with all the plastic garbage. We don't have to do any of that because I put stem cells on them. So... Long story short, he didn't ever do that. And, but the, the fraud comes in and kind of implying that he did and not trying it in animals and not doing research. But, Chris, there's another half of this Paolo Marquerini guy. Not only did he commit Elizabeth Holmes-level medical fraud, he committed uh, relationship fraud, which is a different genre that we have not yet dabbled into and that I have wanted to dabble into. I'm aware of the Tinder Swindler. I am aware of the vegan queen of New York or whatever her name is. There is... Yes. The longer that we do this... I'm starting to realize that there is a number there are various kinds of fraud. Medical fraud and relationship fraud are a genre of fraud. They both they have some things in common. I'm starting to realize that there's some there's some personality profile stuff here. The medical fraud people all have the same thing in common, which is that they have a brilliant idea that they so badly want to work, but then they just don't make it. They just kind of make it. And it doesn't work and they never prove that it works, but somehow they either do or try to kill people because they think that it works but it never they They never built the thing they try to kill people well i think no no they try to make it work and in the process kill people without caring which is what this macchiarini guy did
1: i see yeah so let's let's get some let's get some basic background on this guy the reason that we're doing old paolo macchiarini is that he is the subject of a netflix documentary series called bad surgeon love under the knife and you can watch that now if you okay. still subscribe podcasts. to Netflix. There's this podcast. Uh, this guy has been the subject of Dateline, profile of uh, of, of a news analysis. Really, really fascinating story here. And this guy was just a straight up fraud, like Elizabeth Holmes, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, just some some basic bio data for you, so we can set the scene here. This, yes. this guy was born in 1958, so he's like I don't know. Look at my computer. He's a thousand old years old. Oh, no, Wait, no, no. He's 65. Yeah. Young Boomer. So he's born in Switzerland, but he's an Italian national and his like big hallmark is straight up scientific misconduct that ended up leading to real like serious medical problems for people who were the subject of his, essentially his like untested, unverified experimental operations uh, that ended up in their death. And in the process he committed terrible fraud in the form of relationship fraud by falling in love with and leading on a journalist. Mm-hmm. And the story behind that one is absolutely fascinating. I I was, I was, when, when we were researching for this, I was most drawn to the story between the two of them. And it's like, how does this journalist not ask questions that will get the truth out sooner than, we'll get, than it came yeah, out? Yeah, we'll get to that.
0: Because, um, yeah, so let's start there. I saw the dateline. So first of all, there is a viral TikTok going around from WebMD, which is my former employer. And per very... Contentious post-employment conversations with legal people. I will simply say that that video did not surprise me. Um, it didn't surprise. It you. didn't. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Chris, you can just Google I "viral do. WebMD video." It was an internal video about why they are returning to work in the office, and it hmm. was a video that happened. So I am not surprised by the video. I am super duper not surprised by. America's response to this video that was leaked. Okay. So that being said, I was at WebMD at the time. I was in Jackson. We were on vacation and we were unwinding after a day of Jacksoning in Wyoming in October. It was great. I saw the dateline naturally. We were just unwinding, watching TV. I love watching news in hotel rooms. I don't know what it is. I like hotel room news. I just like, it makes me feel good.
1: Dude, that's that's the best time to watch it. You, it you, is. I don't... You turn, I on, you turn on the sports, you turn yep. on the news, you watch just crappy live cable because 100%. We're, not, we're not paying for cable. We're not no, we're not never, doing that. We never have never. responsibilities. We have podcasts to make. We have stories right. to tell. We don't have time to watch the news. But when you're in a hotel, it's like there's no... It, it, hotels are basically just airports for people who aren't getting on a plane soon. Wow. There's no rules there. You can do whatever you want. What a take. You got, they, well, they got vending machines and That's stuff. True. Your schedule's completely thrown wow, off. like You got to make all these adequate. weird little accommodations to do the same things you would totally. normally do. That's and you do weird stuff that's like completely out of your normal zone of operation and that includes watching no, I love the take. cable television. It's an excellent so, so you, So you, while you were on, thank you very much for that. So yeah. while you were in your hotel slash airport right. mindset, you turn on the news and you naturally just see Dateline NBC or whatever
0: in October of 2020. I'll never forget because it was a great trip to Jackson. We had a great time and I watched this and I came back and I pitched it to the editors and they were like nothing to see. Just whatever. We're not going to do a serialized podcast about this. And I'm like, okay, my bad. And then, you know, whatever. So flash forward to this showing up on Netflix and I was like, oh yeah, that's the Italian guy that duped the woman into like he was already married, which we'll get into that spoiler alert. Um, like, yeah, no, the story is like, why are people watching this on Netflix? Like, oh, also there was insane scientific and medical fraud. And then I thought, no way. This guy is a twofer. Cause I've seen those, like I said, I've seen the relationship fraud guys and they're all the same. They're the intrigue and they have secret connections and like, nobody knows how they do anything. They're all multinational. Um, speak a number of languages, which is a big part of the deal here. If they ever, if you're ever in a situation where like, this is really intriguing, I can't believe this amazing rich guy picked me if he ever, they all have this in common. Do they ever say your name in the video they sent to you? Or they just say, my love, baby. Yeah. So that's something to think about. It's like, yeah. So I watched this and I thought, the, you know, whatever. Then the medical fraud stuff, I didn't know about that at all. I didn't even look into it. It was like, he had to be a great surgeon. I can't, like, Karolinska Institute is, they think they're the best hospital in the world. <clears throat> But they're all they're certainly a really important hospital in international stuff. They do a lot of groundbreaking stuff, which is part of the deal with all of these Dr. Death people, all like Stanford wanted to be associated with Elizabeth Holmes. They want the credit for the new research. They want to make the device. Now, if this dude So so you yeah. oh,
1: let's 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 slow down on the story because we're yeah. we're saying words and phrases that we have not introduced yet. So <laughs> touché, touché. we're we're we're, <laughs> we're blowing past any kind of scene setting, <laughs> any kind of this would be this would be a solid uh. D. In in an English class, Ooh. so Paolo Maccherini ha- achieves this kind of pinnacle of success when it comes to being a surgeon, which is going to work for Sweden's Karolinska Institute. So he was a visiting professor and director on this temporary contract uh, from about 2010. And for those who are wondering, the Karolinska Institute is, as Nick said, a world class medical institution in Sweden. It's known it's as the, uh, the Royal Caroline Institute in English. And it's, yeah, like, yeah, you're right, it's in it's in Stockholm. And it's actually the Nobel Assembly at the Carolina Institute, Karolinska Institute, that awards the Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine. Yeah. These are the people who, on their authority, give the Nobel Prize in Medicine every year. So mm-hmm. very, very prestigious. This is exactly as important big and important sounding as you think it is. It's like your buddy from high school who's like a super genius goes on to study at Harvard and becomes a doctor or he goes to Stanford and reinvents finance or, you know, you know, whatever the case is, this is that level of, of prestige. So this is the, like the real deal. Paolo had all, apparently all the skills and accomplishments necessary to get an appointment at this Institute. And that gave him just a ton, a ton of credibility with his medical prowess, and that was really his foot in the door.
0: Right. So this is what my wife, a, a surgeon, has told me. You wouldn't be able to fake it in the operating room. You would have to be good Um, because just conversations that I know about, both as a professional and personally – People know when people need work on their ability in the operating room, especially as you're coming up as a student. We, the 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 Dr. Death guy is the exception that proves the rule. So like, he would not have had a job if it was just a disaster. He would know how to cut the skin and know which organs were which. You wouldn't be able to fake any of that at all. So as he's coming up, like, this is not fake. There were parts of it that are malpractice, which we'll get into. And I want to start in the middle so that we can circle back and then we can tell the story. But I want to start in the middle. The well, middle. Is, well, we already have. We, we, we didn't really start. We just kind of BS. So like, we're going to start in the middle when he comes to the United States, and this this story really takes off. This is where this was legitimized in the English language, which is an important thing for two reasons. One, we're the biggest media audience in the world. I understand that more people speak Spanish. There are more people in China. The biggest media audience in the world is the United States and the English speaking Western world, which includes like Sweden and Germany and other places like that. So he comes to America. And he implants this device on a child. This story blows up. I'm looking at the original article from the Wall Street Journal. There are many, many people covered this story. But I just have the one from the Wall Street Journal because that's where I subscribe. Here it is. Lab made trachea saves man. Oh, this is the one that um, he put into a person. So he did do it in a child. And there he is, this, this image of him right here. And they're like, this is a great thing. And like it, this, this, this device is going to save lives. In 2006, researchers disclosed how they implanted a lab glow, lab-grown bladders into children, right? So like this is, a, this is part of medicine that's going to be the exciting argument for supporting stem cell research. You can do this kind of thing with these fake organs. This is where, when he comes to the States to do the surgery, two things start to happen. On one path of this story... He starts to get his BS legitimized by the biggest fish in the pond, which is the United States. Thing number two that happens is he meets our damsel in distress who wants to do a long-form journalism story, either a documentary or like a show documentary, like an hour-long CNN special. I don't know who she worked for at the time, and that's not as relevant. But she, he meets um, – what's her name? Hurry up. Who is he? Sorry. Uh, who does the who, who is the journalist that he meets? I forget. Um,
1: Benita Alexander.
0: Benita Alexander. So he meets yes. her. She's with NBC News. He meets her in the United States, and he is incredibly charming. And they make out in an elevator or something, and then they start dating. So, on one hand, he goes he goes viral before viral was viral in America, and he gets in bed with this, this NBC journalist, literally on this person who's doing a story on him, by the way, which is like fired immediately kind of stuff back when you know, journalism was journalism.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a bold move. If you're going to be doing an investigation. I I remember watching the news story about this. And she they interviewed her in the in the segment that I saw. And she goes, uh, Yeah, it's usually a no no. Because once you get once you fall in love with someone that you're doing a story on your objectivity could be compromised mm. it's like yeah n- no shit of course yes. you, you can't be objective about this so I don't know if this guy just had a lot of charm and good looks or maybe maybe Benita has a thing for a successful doctory types I don't know I, I don't know what it was, but she fell in love with him and then they started planning this bizarre hugely upscale wedding that showed a level of apparent opulence that any reasonable person would have acknowledged is a bridge too far. Right. So
0: he goes viral in the United States. He has this trachea, this windpipe. And for people that the esophagus, the trachea, the upper chest is a, is a touchy area. It's not a place where you want to have problems. It's really, I mean, heart surgery, lung surgery, they sound scary. The esophagus, trachea, way scarier, in my opinion, just from my very basic level of knowledge. Really scary situation. So this would be a miracle on one hand. On another hand, if he's able to colonize this piece of plastic with stem cells and create a living organ based in plastic, which is like I've cleaned deer before, that's what it looks like. It looks like a piece of plastic he, someone's becoming a billionaire because this would be insane if it's replicatable, the other tissues and things. So Karolinska Institute's like, uh-huh. And he's getting famous and there's documentaries and things. In addition to the fact that he's incredibly, incredibly charming, he's able to sweet talk patients. He's very, he he's good with outreach for them. And this is where the documentary starts with this man um, named Christopher Lyles. Now, Christopher Lyles had some sort of cancer. It was a desperate situation. He,
1: He had tracheal cancer.
0: Yeah, he had tracheal cancer. That's bad. He was going to die. It was like one of those Hail Mary things. He started DMing people, essentially. And Paolo's like, yeah, perfect. Now, in hindsight, Paolo's like, this guy's a dead guy. He's going to die. What a great subject to put this in. And then he won't die of complications. And Chris did die when he returned to the United States. That got more media attention. But... you start to see a pattern with his patients where he's incredibly, incredibly involved in getting them there and before the surgery and he's taking pictures with them and he's around. Then when the most important part of thoracic surgery happens, which is in the days and weeks to follow when you're being cared for and you're really delicate, he's not really around for any of that. The team kind of takes care of it. They do it. Right. So he's kind of ghosting these people. So Mm. these two things are happening, happening simultaneously. He is gallivanting around Europe and he's kind of leaking out to Benita that he's like treating famous people and not like kind of famous people like Barack Obama, the he's friends with the Clintons. He knows Putin because Russia's involved in all of this. Of course, there was a patient in Russia, which we will get to her. She's maybe arguably the most important peg in this entire fraud. Um, I think Yulia is her name. So he's, and he's like slipping to her like, yeah. Uh, And then he, it proposes to her, Chris, he proposes marriage. Like let's get married.
1: I don't see why not. I mean, yeah. just because he happens to be a surgeon and is close personal friends with Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and apparently knows Pope Francis, wh- why shouldn't they celebrate their love? Yes. Why so. shouldn't this journalist, cum, uh, beloved of this guy who does these famous surgeries and has all this media attention, why shouldn't they celebrate in opulent style?
0: Yeah, and I know you as, as a man who's getting married in a Catholic church, you're like, yeah, the Pope will totally marry us, right? He just dropped it in there. The Pope's a personal friend. Mind you, they're both divorced, or at least they said they were both divorced, which from a PR standpoint happening in Europe in 2014 would have been a nightmare um, for the Vatican. And also the Pope's schedule is like, he is essentially a country, kind of. It's not something, there's not a lot of stuff done on a whim for, for the Pope, regardless of who it is.
1: Yeah, you can't, you can't just call in a favor yeah. to the Pope. Right. And he's one of the most important people and busy people and tightly scheduled people and well-protected people on the planet, like really right. in history. So you can't really just do that. Now, Benita did have a young daughter at the time. Right. I, it, you know, judging from the, the the documentary piece, the the news piece, it didn't say her age, but... It looked like she was, I don't know, probably nine or ten years old maybe. So really impressionable and living with a single mom. So if this guy can also charm Benita's little girl, then suddenly he seems really credible. It's like, wow, he's successful, he's famous, he knows all these people, he's well-connected, and he has won my little girl's heart. Right. It's like, yeah, I mean, that y- you can kind of justify that, <laughs> but just being able to call in a favor for the Pope, like you can't do that. And right. I think that, dem- that that that's where the red flags really should have started to come up in earnest for. Yeah. Anita.
0: And so they meet 2010. I think the patient that received the transplant, they, let me be clear. They all died, I believe. And most of them, we can confirm mm, that they died as a result of the, of the fake trachea that they got. Some of them were tortured in a way like suicide would have been top of mind for me, for some of these people,
1: Um, Well, well, let's, let's, let's talk about some of these, some of these, there's a whole section on his wiki that says, here's notable surgeries. So June 2008, he operates on uh, someone named Claudia Castillo, who -hmm. is a, who received a transplant of a donated trachea that was colonized with stem cells of the recipient. So it was supposed to replace her bronchus. I don't know what that is, but it's like a bronchial thing. I don't know. She had tuberculosis and needed to have a transplant to, to replace this. And the, the idea was to basically just graft these cells, these stem cells, onto this piece of you know, this foreign material that's going to go right into her trachea. And it's supposed to basically make it take. And, okay, great, that seems wonderful. Uh, Kieran Finn Lynch is another person on whom... Apollo operated. This was in March 2010. He attended a transplant performed by uh, a different group of surgeons, and similar to the one done on Claudia, Castillo. Claudia Castillo was you know, quite young. Yep. Uh, this was done on a 10-year-old Irish boy. So Kieran's 10. Uh, he was born with a with a dilated trachea. It's like one millimeter in diameter, and like you can't. You know, that that's. That's not a recipe for a long life for a newborn. So in this case, he uh, again seeded the boy's stem cells onto the tracheal implant. Uh, there are another couple of examples here, but the one that you started us off with, this endomerium uh, uh, biony. Mm-hmm. So this was a man from Eritrea who was getting a master's degree in Iceland, and he, th- he was diagnosed with, with tracheal cancer. So he was given chemotherapy and surgery in 2009, but then his trachea became obstructed again a couple of years later, and in 2011, that's when this this surgery happened, and that's the one that was covered by the New York Times. That's the one that really launched Paolo into the big time spotlight. So, but the, but the thing that the news stories can't tell you because they're printed and they're published, and like this guy gets all the fame and whatever else. And like you said, Nick, he is he's out of the picture by the time the operation's done. He's not doing the follow up care that you would expect for a major. Transplant operation or a surgery on that part of the body. Uh, in 2012, uh, the implant failed uh-huh. on Andmiriam, on and he died in January 2013. He got many treatments at uh, at the at the institute at the Ki, but he died. So right. not not a not a great follow up. And then no. now Christopher Lyles die Yep. Uh, in Yulia Tulik, yes. she died in 2014 after Let's her trachea later Yulia. collapsed. There's just, there's just a ton, there's a whole list of these, these notable operations here. And you're right, the, the trend is that there's an apparently experimental and radical surgery that can save people who are otherwise desperate and don't have the means and don't have the medical technology to be saved. And he operates and then leaves and they die.
0: So let's talk about Yulia Tulik because she is kind of a flashpoint for all of this and and really an important point in in all of the fraud right so his star is on the rise from 2010 11 that's when he meets uh, Benita that's when this kind of goes viral and he's kind of giving given more leeway with patients you can see that like, the amount of patients there are increasing Yulia was a very bright and important young woman in, in like a small social circle she was a kind of a big deal in her friends she's very beautiful notable like a young person right whole life in front of them Yulia gets in a car accident and sustains trauma to her trachea. There was a lottery in Russia at the time, which sounds like something Russia would do, to see who is the lucky person to get a trachea from this guy. You know, we don't have a billion of them and who's gonna get surgery. So they do a documentary. And by they I, I mean just some random filmmakers in Russia. They do a documentary on her and I think it's I think it's called like Supercells or something. Um, it's, like a, it's free. It's on there. It just kind of follows her around. It's like this crazy cool scientific documentary. Very, very boring watch. Right. So it goes off. It's like, what a great well, science. Yeah, because you successor. don't speak Russian. Because, yeah, well, And it's not like, there's not. What the hell it's, saying. it's not compelling. It's just like a behind the scenes of like, here's this thing. What a great moment. Right. It's the exact same thing as what Benita was doing, but for Yulia Tulik. So it goes off really well. Right. Just incredible. Okay. So the documentary filmmakers invite Yulia's mom to the premiere and she says Yulia's dead and they're like huh well it's already done and we don't want to do more and the Russian state would really like this to be good so we're just going to put it out anyway and so this goes out and now he's a star in Europe Eastern Europe also and like they know the documentary filmmakers knew she died. So, now, so then, let's, got more patients coming, and there's this woman from Turkey. We'll, we'll, I want to spend some time on her, too, because what happened to her, like, literally suicide. Horrible. Yulia was not in a life-threatening situation. She was in a disabled situation. She was in a terrible situation. It was unfortunate. It would suck. She would have lived decades. She would have been fine. Dead. Wow. Dead. So what happens is, as my, my lovely wife mentioned earlier, when you don't, when you put stuff in there, it gets infected the body doesn't take it it rejects it it attacks it it needs to be put in there together so his solution was like let's put stem cells on it science has never been tested it's never been proven nothing happens and also he wasn't doing it he was just putting plastic into people now, this is important because his colleagues or i should i should back up and say the entire time this is happening he's operating on people from turkey that are coming he's operating in russia there's a trial All this stuff is happening. People are following around with cameras. He's a big star. He's giving lectures, blah, blah, blah. He is gallivanting around Europe with sometimes and sometimes just sending videos to our darling journalist, Benita Chris. But did you know, Benita, not the only woman in his life. He had a son- this is the most ridiculous thing ever, from a medical ethics, ethics standpoint, and just a gross Me, standpoint.
1: A, a medical ethics
0: standpoint. I said what I said, and I say it again. <laughs> Methical ethics. So, Anna Paula Bernardis had a son named Danilo. Danilo, I think, got in an accident or had something happen to him and needed to have surgery. Was a patient of Maciarini. Maciarini then slides in her DMS after Danilo dies. I don't think Danilo died as a result of the fake trachea. I think he just died as a result of being in a lot of trouble or in a lot of pain and like not a sick patient. And then he gets her pregnant. They have a baby. They're dating. If you've ever watched the story with Benita, she's the American journalist. She's in Rome with him. She's in Paris with him. He comes to Manhattan. He was dating them both in the same day on those trips.
1: Good Lord! So he would take Benita to
0: Rome. That's where he lived with Baby Mama. That's where Baby Mama that's lived. Up. Baby Mama thought he's just driving. He's doing all this work. I don't know. Nope. He's in Manhattan. He brings the uh, Anna, Anna paula to Manhattan. Puts her in a hotel. Says he's got work to do. Nope. Goes to hang out with Benita. <laughs>
1: that's that's remarkable. Crazy. That's that's next level stuff.
0: Crazy. Yeah. So let's keep going on the journey. Do you want to just hear me talk, tell you more about the journey? Because things are about to get weird.
1: Yeah, let's, let, let, let's, let's deviate from the notable people that he's operated yep. on. Which and, is not uh, the Clintons keep, and keep not the Obamas
0: the and not the Pope and not the private secretary to anybody. Uh, so, so in so 2014. Where,
1: where, where are we at in the story? 2014.
0: Yulia Tulik has died in 2014. Nobody knows right now, right? So then this is where things, you get real journalists on this, not journalists that fall in love in elevators and make PR pieces. Yes. Which, by the way, as a journalist myself, I can tell you, like, this is horrendous, horrendous, horrendous behavior. I feel zero bad for her. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Wow. You did you were part of it. You didn't ask questions and she ran she literally ran PR from him for him on his behalf. Later we will do that. We'll talk about that in a minute. 2014, wow. a visiting group of professors or geniuses or whatever visits Karolinska Institute. You know how academics are. They go around, they hear their lectures, they give their lectures, they do their stuff. Oh yeah. So they're at KI and they want to hear about the trachea thing. This is potentially a billion dollar idea. It potentially will save millions of lives over a century, you know, a huge deal. They want to hear the thing. So pal like, talk about myself. Duh. So he gives this speech (laughs) and he presents the baby and the people that have been on his care team, other physicians, I think like an anesthesiologist, I forget the guys that really blew the whistle and we'll look them up here in a second. But there are a number of them that were also doctors like surgeons and things. There are three, three important ones. They're sitting there and they're looking at his journey to making this thing. And they're like, Huh? Well, there's that mm-hmm. case, and there's that case, and there's that case. But I notice there's no animal data. And then they're like, all the patients are super sick. And you're like, oh, we're learning about this. And they, maybe the patients were super sick. And then they're like, no, the lady from Turkey, she's still sick, but she was, she's way worse off now as a result of the surgery. She was totally fine. She just kind of had reflux. Okay, where's the animal data? And then they're like, holy shit. He didn't test it in animals. So, just skip that whole phase. Just fuck it. Don't want to do it. And this is where we get to the Elizabeth Holmes. And all medical fraud data people have this in common. They have a brilliant idea. If this had worked, again, genius, Nobel Prize, 100%. But he just didn't do it. He just said he did.
1: That's incredible stuff.
0: Yeah. So, they're like looking at each other and they're like freaking out and they want to have a meeting with him one of these guys, they meet in the library at Karolinska Institute and this is where you get the Daniel Craig Girl with the Dragon Tattoo vibes and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And it's so they have a meeting a with him, movie. they ask him, what's that?
1: What a weird movie. Did I loved Did that come it. around around this time too?
0: Yeah, it did. It was a great movie. I love that movie. What a great book too. A lot of,
1: a lot of action. Just, just very, very different. Yeah, it, it was the movie, the movie wasn't like Swedish too, was it? Because it's based on like a Swedish There are two. Novel.
0: There. So the one with Daniel Craig is like for a Western audience. There is a, authentic Swedish version of the film. That, well, Sweden you know, stands, is a Western audience,
1: but I know what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I think, but it's like for Sweden, I think and stands of the show, what or the movie will tell you that that's a better version. And I'm sure it is, but it doesn't have a um, uh, Rooney Mara and it doesn't have Daniel Craig in it. And they are brilliant. So you mean, they meet with these, these professors meet with him in like the cover of darkness or whatever. And they ask him and he basically just like, fuck off, ask your own questions. And he's like, you're not on my team anymore, essentially. So then they're like, this guy's murdering people. Around the same time, journalists from Sweden are like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? And these guys like write an expose to this journalist, and the journalist is like, these are some crazy claims. You understand, like, Karolinska is going to fire you if they find out you're talking shit like this about their patients and you're exposing patient data. This, this is literal whistleblowing, right? And yep. not every country yeah. has chill whistleblowing exceptions, e- exemptions like the United States does. Not every one of them does that. So they blow the whistle. The journalists are like... Yulia is in Europe. Let's call. Let's see what happened. So they do actual journalism work. They look for Yulia. Super dead. Mom comes back and said, yep, that documentary, 100% bullshit. They murdered her. And they're like, wow, what? What did you say? So then, this is great. I'm just telling you a story about this point. This is a true crime podcast. It's just one that one is, That is yeah, another that's guy's story. So, And I know as you as a scientist, you got to be like, dude, and you're presenting it to other scientists and all of them were like, yeah, but we're, we're in the middle of the story. Why aren't we at the beginning of the story? Where's the beginning of the story? Um, If you've ever had a surgery, the reason that your surgery possibly has been effective or, or efficacious, it can all be traced back to some, some poor pigs that were experimented on and probably tortured and murdered. Um, And that's like a sad part of being the apex predator, but this would be a situation where they would do tests on pigs. And those, the surgeons want to know the pig data. They want to know that this is an effective thing that can happen. What does it look like in a live thing? Um, And he didn't do that. So the scientists, all of them. So we know how these three guys felt that worked with him. I would love to hear from the people that were in the room. The other geniuses, like, dude, do not. I don't want my picture with this guy no
1: thanks. Yeah. So so I'm I'm looking up the the kind of retelling of this in a way mm-hmm. that includes information. And it's like in 2014, <laughs> Maccherini was was accused by four former colleagues and co-authors mm-hmm. of having falsified claims in his research with the institute. Right. So that interests me because then if if there's allegations here, the the, the institute presumably is going to do some kind of investigation. Yes. And according to this, the Investigation said, Oh, these accusations are are groundless. Like there's no there's no falsification of data here. So he was able to at least not not just advance this kind of non-research scientific idea into legitimate practice, but he was also able to disguise it in a way that let it get past the institute's investigation. Now, no institution has like no organization that investigates itself has an incentive to find itself guilty. So there's plenty of Plenty of reason to kind of wonder how thorough this investigation was, but the fact remains: like the fact that he didn't use any animal study at all to test out this really invasive transplant procedure suggests that he was pretty clever in some some way of like disguising the data. Did the, did the documentary get into that at all?
0: Oh yeah, so I didn't know it didn't get into how he disguised the data because the data in this situation, in surgical data, is cases. Because not every every patient isn't grown in a lab. Some people's anatomy is different. Some people's case are different. In this, in, his in, in this instance, he is doing surgeries on people that have cancer. He's doing surgeries on people that need a new trachea because of trauma. Like, that, that's all going to be different. So all you can do in surgery sure. yeah. is try to group them. Like And the N is small, which is the N, of course, stands for number. The number of patients, the cohort in surgical studies are often tiny because you don't have thousands of people to do this on. So at this level, it wouldn't be a a cohort. It would be six or seven individual papers and people would go through them. It's a method, right? It's sort of like watching a film if you're a football player or a baseball player. It's like, in this circumstance, you did this. They might do that. It might not be that way. Um, So they're presenting the cases, essentially. So they didn't really get into that. I think the assumption is that these fucking things had stem cells on them, and they didn't. There was never any way to check them. They're stem cells. And they're like, oh yeah, it's in there. I did get it out of the package. And was he just pulling out a ziplock baggie? I don't know. They did not get into that, but they did dive into the Karolinska Institute part of this, which was it's worse than what you said. They accused the main whistleblowers of academic misconduct, fired them, and then also threatened criminal charges. And in Sweden, you don't have the right not to be detained, and I don't exactly think you have the right to, to stay silent. So Sweden was like. Wow. You're accusing some people of some stuff. And KI is essentially, it's a company town. The Nobel Prizes are there. So they're like yes. really mad. KI blamed these guys and said, this is a vendetta. You're just jealous.
1: So the, the interesting thing to me is that KI appointed this external expert to also review these allegations. This guy named Bent Gerdin, which Ooh. is sounds like something the Swedish chef love would say, Swedish which names. makes sense because we're in Sweden. And so they compared the results of these studies to report it, to uh, the medical record of the hospital. And this report came out in May 2015. He found, uh, Gurdon found that uh, Macchiarini did commit research misconduct in mm-hmm. seven papers because mm-hmm. he, he did operations without specific medical approval. Like, obviously, there are huge... I, I said medical approval. I meant ethical approval. Like, if you're going to do any kind of research that has to do with human subjects, you have to have just a huge amount of ethical clearance. I mean, that's even true for people who do like surveys for a living. Like if you're going to ask somebody a set of Mm -hmm. structured questions, that's considered like human, it's not human experimentation, but there are human subjects involved in data collection. So you have to have some kind of ethical clearance so that people don't do stuff like experiment on children and traumatize them for life. Or like, I mean, it, it's a real, you know, it's a sad reality. I'm sure you and Kim could tell us more about this. Yeah, but uh, there's a there's a really dark, tragic legacy to a lot of medical knowledge that we have because of like human experimentation that took place during the Holocaust by by Japanese doctors on prisoners of war and by German scientists on Jewish prisoners of war during the Holocaust. They, the the amount of data that we have is is largely well, it's it's not largely based on that, but the, but the fact that we have to have some kind right. of ethical component to medical research. Like you said, the, the sample size is too small. So yeah. we have to have some way of gathering data, but that way has to be consistent with baseline ethical principles. Like you don't right. need to reinvent the wheel every time you examine a patient, philosophically speaking, but you do need to have certain guardrails in place to prevent gross misconduct and a, 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 a complete aberration of the whole point of, of the medical process. And so Gurdon finds, this independent investigator hired by the Institute, finds that in seven cases he didn't get ethical approval for some of the operations and he misrepresented the results of some of those operations. And he misrepresented work he had done on animals by saying yep. that he had did it and he did actually any of didn't. It. Right. So, The institute said, "Nope, everything's good here." And the the independent investigator, which like, why would they do that if they're going to clear him? Yep. But the independent investigator said, "Actually, no. There's a there's a pattern here of this guy serially abusing medical ethics, and the results are like truly catastrophic. Like people are dying who otherwise wouldn't otherwise be dead. People are suffering who otherwise wouldn't be suffering with some other form of treatment."
0: Yeah. So that that's exactly what happened. And you're right. Like to do medical experimentation, you have to have willing subjects. And of course, uh, you know, a, a lot of what we know about ob work and, and um, obstetrics and gynecology now were the result of slaves who didn't have a choice in the late 1700s and they should be memorialized. They should have statues in my opinion, and the doctor who did them should not really be memorialized by name in my opinion. But um, we, it slung shot the practice of that into the future. Still, they slingshot.
1: did not Slunk, slingshotted? I think it's slingshotted because Google the slingshot it. is a singular that like the, the verb is slingshot. It's not sling.
0: But yeah, but if I say slung, that works, right?
1: If the verb is slung, but slingshot is one thing. And like to slingshot is a, it's a thing by itself. And so you, you change the, <sighs> are tense you the guy
0: saying it's your, not your,
1: like I know. They're there now. Well, then act like it. If you know, then act like it. Oh, my God. You know All what I'm right. saying? This All is a right. podcast of high standards, okay? <laughs> it this was isn't, boring stuff. This isn't some bar stool property. <laughs> no, you're right. We would happily some...
0: collaborate with them to make some money. No,
1: <laughs> we're going to be boring about our grammar on
0: this. <laughs> we are. We're going to be boring. We are going to be boring about our grammar. So, you're right in that the N being weird, you have to, but these are patients with cancer. It's the last hope. If there had been legit stem cells on the thing and if they had done animal studies even one time in one pig and the pig made it two years, a guy with cancer would be like, fuck it, I'll try it. That's fine. That's ethical. But you can't look him in the eye and be like, this could be a miracle. And you're like, no, nah, dude, you're a goner. But that's still okay compared to what happened to Yulia and in my opinion, the scariest person. This woman named Yesim Seter, I think, or Sater, I don't know. A C E T I R I, th- I
1: think it's uh Juter. It's like Jutair. it's like a S- uh, okay. It's like uh, Genere, like that company oh, sure, that took sure, over sure, sure. for yeah. OCI. Turkish Turkish cool. Company.
0: Yeah, Turkish is a cool language, I think. I should yeah, learn a language neat. at some point, but not today. Okay, so she has a sweating issue. She has hyperhydrology, I think is what it's called. She she sweats a lot.
1: Hyperhydrosis. Hyperhydrology Hyperhydrosis. would be the study of too much water. You really be You really being, you really being an English tutor right now and Hey, what's our what's our motto on this show?
0: Boring is hot, fair enough. Um, boring is hot. Boring is hot. So she's got this sweating thing and she wants to get it fixed, so she treats it and during this situation she gets damaged. Fine. What she's experiencing, and this, they detail this in the in the documentary, what she's experiencing is simply embarrassing and annoying. She occasionally regurgitates and has to spit up a little bit, which is horrible, and I would not want that to happen to me. But they detail in the documentary, this woman took herself to Sweden by herself for the surgery. Like, this is this routine thing. I'm going to get this thing. She went to Burger King and had a burger. So her trachea was fine enough to eat food. She was fine. She goes in to have surgery she died two years later in the hospital. By the time she died, so she was having something where her airway had to be cleaned out. You can Google that on your own, or maybe we could get the wife up here to tell you. Every four hours, her airway had to be cleaned out and cleaned because she was getting so infected. She had been operated on under anesthesia a hundred and ninety-one times in about seven hundred days. Oh my! In addition God. to having her airway physically cleaned, like like a pipe cleaner. For every four hours, she was doing this for two years. She was essentially like when I was saying suicides on the table, like it's on the table and like, you're not getting out. It's so infected. You're done. Like you can't, she was never walking out of there. But before that they kept her alive and tried to fix her. She was, by the time it happened, the, the care team was relieved. They're like, thank God she can rest in peace. Now it's insanity. Wow. And she had burger. Well, King before we, have she some, got there.
1: we have some details on, we, we have some details on what actually happened here. So, due to a routine an error in a routine surgery in 2011 mm-hmm. to, to treat hyperhidrosis yeah i mean look the human body's delicate things go wrong but during this error she got a damaged trachea she got a she got an injury to the trachea during the surgery and uh, her left lung was also damaged so then from there she goes to KI and gets assigned to Makiurini for for treatment so this is 2012 his first act of surgery was to remove her left lung so she's got one lung now and then he replaces the tr- her trachea with a pipe so this is the this is the stuff that Kim was talking about at the top of the hour with this like piece of plastic that's now in her trachea where her trachea used to be so it's fully synthetic and allegedly seeded with stem cells to try to make it graft and, and make that work so the next year the implant collapsed So this is in 2012. In 2013, the implant collapses, so then Macchiarini replaces it with a second one. And she had severe complications, as you've just outlined. Her airway had to be cleared for years. Uh, She suffered kidney failure as a result Mm -hmm. of of these complications. (coughs) And then in 2016, so this is four years later, she got multiple organ transplants in the U.S. So she's gone from Turkey to Sweden and lived languished and undergone hundreds almost multiple hundreds of surgeries in the course of 2 years mm-hmm. and she's moves from sweden to the us and has to get her trachea replaced with a cadaver and it along with multiple organ transplants and then she finally died in march of 2017 5 years after she originally got operation or got a procedure done by Macchiarini.
0: that she didn't really I mean, that's, need
1: that's structured torture that's yeah. what it sounds like
0: torture and he benefited from the hype of this. So while all of this is happening in 2014, this is when he's planning this wedding with Benita and the wedding gets more and more out of control. The Clintons are coming. He said specifically, she put her foot down at Putin being at the weapon, at the wedding. But he said that I got to invite Putin because he, I'm doing this study in Russia and he will take it as an insult. But she said, I don't want Putin at my wedding. And it's, if you ever say, the words i don't, I don't want, want putin, putin at my wedding at my wedding your leg might be being pulled i mean
1: yeah you've uh you made a mistake
0: yeah there's there's a tactical error there of course benita is a woman and women are the best investigators they show up to Barcelona with her girl gang and they're like we're gonna find this out because people wear. are texting her they're saying hey just wanted to let you know the pope will actually be in argentina on your wedding date uh bt dubs and then she's like paolo what is this about and paolo's like i am just a guest as you We're like okay great so then he says and this like i said all medical fraud people have things in common all relationship fraud people have things in common one thing that they all have in common every single one of them every time it's the weirdest thing they're secretly working for the government and they're an assassin they all say that shit all of them. Every time people are after them and they actually work for the CIA, they actually work for MI6, they actually work for the whatever, whatever, they are secret spies. And he pulled that shit on Benita at the end of 2014. But in the interim, when this study or the, the, in the journalism piece was published in Sweden and picked up by the New York Times and it goes completely viral, everyone's like, yeah, remember that guy that we, we reported on? Because the, the people that published the fake news in 2011 when he did this, they're mad now. Because they look like idiots, so they're oh, yeah. gonna r- oh, yeah. r- r- riggity roast this dude, and they did. So this woman Benita starts running PR and handles the whole thing. And it's like, hey, I am gonna yeah. This is what you say, whatever. Like, hmm, I don't Foolish. feel bad. You, you she she read the New York Times said this is not great, and her conclusion is like, I'm gonna defend my man. Uh, what? My Ho- man, hold, who hold on, cheated
1: on me. Who led a double life, who lied to me about being able to get the Pope on call and invite Elton John to my wedding? And Andre Bocelli was going to say. About whom I had to have an argument. (laughs) Yeah. uh, 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 Vladimir Putin is is a contested attendee of the like, oh, we have to send a courtesy invite to a bloodthirsty killer who, by the way, at this point had illegally annexed Crimea, which he did following the Sochi Olympics in twenty fourteen. Russia's right. been occupying Ukraine illegally for a decade now, as we record yeah. this. So <laughs> that's that's true. like a known issue. And and she goes, you know what? I'm able to look past all of that. What? Yeah. What what are we? It really makes you wonder. Like, what other what other stories yeah. has Benita told during her career as a journalist, both at NBC and before that? That is also just a bunch of horse shit. Because yeah. this whole thing is, and the decision to like stay committed to this dude, it it shows like okay, that's foolish, but also it does show like you know, there's something to be said for people who are obviously lying, obviously full of it. Mm -hmm. obviously jerks, obviously taking advantage of the people around them for some kind of gain, obvious fraudsters. And they just like insist upon their fraud. They insist upon their version of reality. That somehow pretty successful. You know, I've been watching a lot of survivor recently, Nick, as you know, (laughs) and the villains on that, like the, the ones they bring back for like the heroes versus villains, mm-hmm. they're the type of people who just like continue to insist upon their own rightness, even when confronted with like the obvious nature of their fraudulence. They'll just keep going. And man, man, if they aren't able to get otherwise sane seeming people to follow along with their bullshit, it's crazy. It's, it's,
0: it is cr- it's crazy because I don't think Benita's stupid. I do think that she's unprofessional and can't be trusted ever again as a journalist. Um, oh, yeah, if you sleep clearly. with one of your subjects one time, you can't. I mean, that's part of the, yeah, the that's, ethical. That, that's that's it. That's
1: a, there's a zero tolerance for yeah. for journalistic ethics. I mean, just like medical ethics, just like research ethics, you have to have standards. And if your standards are, well, you know, I made an exception for this gigantic fraud that I fell in love with. Suddenly, I'm not so inclined to respect right. your work as a journalist. So she stood
0: up for him for all of the medical stuff, but found out he was cheating in Barcelona, which is, I don't want to be mean. <laughs> but it is, there's, if you, so the, have you seen the footage of her and her friends confronting, because her friends go and find Paolo. And he knows who they are. And she's in the car and she wants to confront him. She sees children and kind of gets scared and doesn't want to do it. The entire time this is happening, she's got a girlfriend in the car that's just cackling, just laughing her ass off. It's like the <laughs> absurdity of all of this. She's like, hey, yeah, those guys that you murdered, chill. Medical fraud, chill. You're an assassin for the CIA? Probably that's fine. Oh, you have a kid? That's where I draw the line of my
1: my moral compass. Did he claim to be an assassin? Yeah. He's so so. His line is, "Oh, uh, I He's a He's a medically assassin. speaking, yeah. I killed people by accident. For my real job, <laughs> I kill people on purpose." <laughs> what, what, what are we
0: doing, man? Uh, what are we doing? It um, it is absurd. It, it like, this story is wild, and it only takes. Joking aside, and how I don't feel bad for her. The reason I really don't feel bad for her is just her, because the people I would give. The, the documentary filmmakers in Russia, even a little bit more of a past, because I can see a situation where where whatever 37th rung of the Kremlin ladder watches the documentary, like, yeah, we're not editing that. Like, their hand can be forced. Like, it, you can always say low-level people, like the filmmaker in Russia might not have had editorial control over the propaganda. That makes sense. She did. Well, it's...
1: It, it's Cheated. like people who are who are uh, who release like hostage videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if the hostages, oh no, they're treating me really well and they're really respectful. Like that's because there's a gun behind the camera, dude. Like they're not they're Ooh, not yeah. in charge of this. And in in Putin's Russia, in Putin's uh, m- a pre and para invasion Russia, I wouldn't exactly trust uh, the creative liberties with which filmmakers are endowed. So right. okay, they get a pass. But Benita, Oh, is in america is she's in america. an american right. journalist at a reputable organization who presumably knows how this kind of stuff works and during the news interview that i watched she admitted to knowing it she she was clear like oh yeah well you know your objectivity could be compromised like what are we what are we doing here right so i mean
0: i think that i took the view and because i had already seen the story i, I fast forwarded through the majority of Cause she's in the Netflix documentary. I mean, and she has to milk this. Her career is over. Her career is now this. Yeah. So she has to, I mean, she kind of, that's game theory too. She has to, she has to milk it. This is going to put food on her table and you got to do that. Um, which is fine. It's a great story. It's a great story, but she's not a victim as much as she thinks she's a co-perpetrator. If I'm frank, she's victimized by a cheater. Yes. But in terms of the, you're running PR for this guy, bro. Like what? You read the story. Those are your colleagues. You probably
1: know the people that work there. She's literally like the Jerry media to Billy McFarland.
0: Literally, exactly. Allegedly,
1: allegedly. <laughs> Alleg- yeah, of course. Allegedly, allegedly Jerry jackasses.
0: Media. The C. If a CEO ever appears in a documentary, I would say everything they're saying
1: is bullshit. Just something so, to consider. So the question then, Nick, is yeah. uh, where are these people now? Where is yeah, Where is old now? So
0: Karolinska got the heat ramped up on them in 2017 after three years. Those those the whistleblowers were fired. The independent investigator comes out, and it starts the scientific community across the pond, who is not. Uh vibes are not great between Boston, Houston and and Sweden. They never have been. I think Boston thinks that Karolinska thinks they're hotter shit than they are. So when the heat started to get ratcheted up, um not gonna name any publication names, but like the big one was like hmm, um, then Karolinska had to come clean. People were fired, uh bad things happened, and they allegedly hired new people to clean it up. Also, um Broski got charged with criminal stuff and after a long legal battle. And you're, you're gonna you're gonna clean all of my facts up here. I, I am the top level thinker. You're the detailed thinker. He will start serving did. his prison sentence <laughs> soon this year.
1: Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Of these exaggerations, like it, it, it'll surprise nobody at this point to learn that Macchiarino was also exaggerating on his CV. He said he was a full no. professor at the University of Pisa in Italy and Germany's Hanover Medical School, mm. but he was only an associate. He only had adjunct credentials. And by the way, this is coming out of People Magazine. This is a piece by Jessica Sager that uh, was published in December 2023. So it's, it's about as accurate as we can, it's, it's about as current as we can get.
0: Right,
1: so he so was accused out. of exaggerating this stuff yes. on his on his CV. Uh, he reportedly claimed he did a thoracic surgery fellowship and got a master's degree from uh, UAB. Shout out to the Blazers uh, in biostatistics. Uh, however, according to Vanity Fair. He only had a six-month non-surgical fellowship in hematology and oncology. So it's way less impressive. It's still impressive, I think, I would argue. That's yeah, pretty very impressive. much
0: impressive. Big deal, but not surgery.
1: But it's not a master's degree. You don't get a master's degree in biostatistics in six months by doing other things during that time. <laughs> True. So in 2019, after all, all the dust has kind of settled, he was sentenced to 16 months in prison mm-hmm. after an Italian court found him... A, Guilty of forging documents and abusing his office as a, as a doctor on those charges. Well, the Supreme, charges, court, did overturn that, like well Supreme court did overturn that conviction, uh, but he is in jail now. So yes. according to this piece in June of 2022, so about eight months ago, now he was cleared out of two of three aggravated assault charges and given a suspended sentence for a third somewhere along the line. He got into a big fist fight and then Swedish prosecutors later announced they would appeal his sentence, uh, on the grounds that the interventions were contrary to science and best practice, and blah blah blah, lawyers kind of doing their bullshit running interference lawyer thing because he's their client and they they got to do that. Yeah, so close to America. Then in June 2023, Swedish court sentenced him to two and a half years in prison. Uh, he oh, and his attorney said they were going to appeal the decision. He maintains mm. he's innocent. So since December 2023. Uh, 11 of this guy's research papers have been retracted. And if you've ever written a research paper, you know it takes a lot of work, generally speaking, unless you're like the PI, in which case it takes no work and you get to put your name on it because you have <laughs> tenure. Uh, but this guy's <laughs> hard-earned, hard-earned uh, medical credentials were retracted, uh, including oh, no. four from the medical journal, The Lancet. That's And uh, so th- he's he's in jail. He's talented He's not for nothing. He's
0: the peer reviewers Not here, mm, shame, 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 Man,
1: shame. For real, for shame. Publisher perish. The, Lan- the Lancet was incentivized to to get stuff out the door. The Journal
0: of Negative Results.
1: Let's promote
0: boring things that don't work.
1: Yes, that way, when your peer review results are fraudulent, it's fraudulent for about nothing. Nothing. Fraudulent <laughs> failure. You know what fraudulent failure is? It's success. So that way hey, you can take your findings and publish it in another I, legitimate journal.
0: I love it. I will say that in the United States, we'd have got him on murder. There's no way the United States has a viral podcast about this, and that guy doesn't go to prison for murder. No chance. We would have got Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Well, speaking
1: him. of violent, or violent, viral podcasts about frauds, we got to do our fraud rankings.
0: All right. I forget the... Uh, you got him? No. <laughs> so the first, the first category, I think it was like deviousness, luck, intent
1: right? It was like, evil. it was like, yeah, it was evil. basically, it was a three categories of how smart are they? How lucky are they? How evil are they?
0: Well, yeah, let's break them down. Cause I think five categories, are too many smart, lucky, evil, smart. This guy's brilliant. He's a real life surgeon.
1: He is. Yeah. He's a, he's a real life surgeon. And, surgeon. and he had so.
0: three women at the same time. And one of them had, one of whom had a kid who was going to get married. So stupid. A baller move so stupid I do, lucky i do
1: know idiots who have who, who have that kind of situation going on like they're very dumb people but they managed to pull it off so yeah. i don't think that speaks to his intelligence i think it speaks no. to his charm
0: oh uh, he's a surgeon though like he i mean i don't think he yeah, you a smart guy. It, this wasn't the same thing as the doctor death dude in the united states that didn't know what was happening in the or like he knew what was happening he took the lung out i'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lived.
1: give him an 8 on on the intelligence scale i think it's very sure. stupid to say that you're a cia assassin and that's why the pope can't do your wedding Mm-hmm. i think that's i think that's pretty stupid
0: i think the other another category was like cunning like how clever were you about your lies he used a 10 the ability to trick people that you were in there with and like not to do the thing and then have them watch you do the thing that's bullshit in there helping you do the thing that's bullshit is wild elizabeth holmes was just like it's a magic box nobody look in the box like that okay good enough she went on the speaking surgery, but he would like do the surgeries he did them and the people were there watching him do them and they got hoodwinked until they were at the lecture like that he's a 10 clever
1: i'm going to i'm going to say it's only a 9 clever because he didn't pass a basic internal review. These institutions don't, it's not like, people think it's like, uh, uh, people think taxes are this way where it's like, oh, the government knows all this stuff about you and they make you file your taxes and they they, they know how much you owe and they're going to, no, they don't keep tabs on every single move that you have and all these agencies are not talking to each other. The KI is too big of an institute to be paying this much attention to this guy's, this particular researcher slash surgeon's operations. Sorry, he's not Bono. Okay, they're not following his every single move. It's whether he can get it through the peer review process. Okay, and so when that true. there was an independent audit, surprise, it didn't get through. And so I, I think that's a knock against him. But you do have to be pretty slick about that. I, I, sure. I'll I I'll, I'll, I'll him a A
0: journalist in America, like she had her head up her ass, but it's still she still did it. I mean, it still worked. So for a long time. Well,
1: that, that's not cleverness. That's, she was thirsty. Yes, yeah, so
0: that is what so happened here. This you rich silver
1: yourself. fox is just the person I want to get in bed with. I'm sure luck, there's no other secret woman here. Uh, <laughs> luck luck, I'm luck, gonna luck say is off like, the charts for this guy. Lots of yeah, nine.
0: You think so, nine? I think it was pretty lucky because I could think... I th- I think that there I mean I wonder how many people he tried to sleep with that were like dude shut up and it, like it didn't work out but I think like getting patients and stuff that were that desperate there's a deviousness but there's also a luck if 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 one person had, had asked the right question at the beginning how did he get hired at Ki how because he hadn't had, didn't have the fake trachea thing before that how did he get hired there well like, he
1: did yeah, right. he did exaggerate his CV so mm.
0: but it wasn't like crazy impressive like it was impressive no, but it wasn't wild but it was good yeah it's true yeah, I luck don't was know. A fi- like hard all right I'll give you nine.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to give him an eight on luck. Uh, it's. It's just a shame that he ran into a woman whose friends were so so delighted that they that their friend was getting lied to I about know. the pope being at their wedding. They get uh, so much lo- vindication out of that. It's unfortunate. Evil. This
0: is a hard ten. Like this is a 10. hard ten.
1: Ten utter disregard for the well-being of other human beings. Genuine, actual human experimentation. Like people use those types of phrases all the time. They like, they, like throw out really serious sounding words like genocide and stuff, and like human right. experimentation. This is actually textbook human experimentation it by actually, a guy who showed it's no regard for the
0: well-being of people. He knew it wasn't going to work. He didn't put stem cells on it. It's like fake, actual human uh, experimentation. It's even worse. Yeah. And then in his personal life, he was like. Comp- this woman pulled her daughter out of school. Completely lit her personal, her career on fire. And he was banging the widow, or the 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 his patients, his dead patients' mom, at the same time, like crazy. Never a second of anything other than just horrendous behavior.
1: Yeah, that guy is a true USDA certified piece of Holstein shit.
0: Yeah, like his his existence is bad for humanity. Like we're like gonna say with Billy McFarlane, like. Next time, when this fails, I love to have a beer. Like he's, Billy, you tried. He's, you were closer. You're funny. much take... closer this time, Billy. You're way closer. Yes,
1: yeah, he's <laughs> taking advantage of, uh, of of rich morons. Like I don't. That's not evil. That's that's funny. That's what Robin Hood did. Except Robin Hood wasn't a jerk. I mean, he, he kind of stole, but whatever. Yeah, he's
0: yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, ask the Koch brothers what they think about yeah, it. Was him. it was
1: because of King Richard? It was King Richard's fault. Oh, he was a terrible big, ruler. He was not fit for England come. at the time. Um, so.
0: I think that from a fraudster standpoint, I don't know the exact scores, but off the top of my head, this is pretty close to as bad as Elizabeth Holmes. The only thing is Elizabeth Holmes was a better fraudster because she didn't actually, as far as I'm aware, intentionally murder anyone. And she also got much, much more famous.
1: Elizabeth Holmes uh, sniffed her own farts. She bought her own hype. And that's, that to me makes her less of a, like a, Devious fraudster. Yeah, uh, she's she's a Charleston, no question about that. And I think she had to know that at some point, deep down, or, like either either very very deep down or at some point along the line, uh, this guy was just just truly a psychopath. Like truly had disdain for human life and the notion of uh, of individual well being, and stopped at nothing, including saying that he was a CIA assassin to get whatever he wanted.
0: I can, I would like to end on this. I think elizabeth holmes doing like 11 months for wire fraud and this guy doing like 30 months for murder and he's not convicted of murder but he, he murdered people and yeah, that's he's in ridiculous. on assault charges yeah, yeah I, like, which is, I agree with that uh, it's, but it's swedish
1: legal system what are you gonna do Bergen
0: <laughs> was that racist i don't know
1: Hurgen Bergen. <laughs> well that's our, that's our motto in sweden bergen is hurricane.
0: Let's after this, uh, maybe we'll do a nice light sports episode about concussions and sliding and hitting. Maybe we got to do a fun episode. We we'll find a game or something or some right. math.
1: Great, right. so, great. Right. Yeah.